Welcome to the Core Women Podcast, the place for women entrepreneurs, authors, and self-starters looking to build community and gain valuable insights through expert interviews with women at the top of their game. Join your host, podcaster, producer, expert coach, entrepreneur, and author, Dr. Summer Watson, as she aims to inspire and empower you through these candid conversations. Lean in and embrace the journey. It's time to start the show. Here's your host, Dr. Summer Watson. Today on the show, I'd like to welcome Julie Griffin, or as people call her, Joyful Julie. Julie has a passion for helping others to embrace their natural tendencies and their aha moments that lead to clarity and confidence in the workplace. She has served in numerous professional capacities to include marketing, business development, and customized training in various sectors such as the nonprofit sector, agriculture, education, and business. She also lives and operates a cattle ranch with her husband and two kids, where she loves exploring, hunting, tending to the garden, and enjoying the outdoors. Oh my gosh, we have so much to chat about today, Julie, and welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here, Summer. Thanks for having me. Oh, good. Well, before we get started on your professional path, there's so much we have to talk about regarding the picture of where you grew up, some of the unique experiences that have impacted your life, and how you've Mm -hmm. overcome obstacles. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? Sure. So I grew up in Washington state on a diversified farm. So we raised all sorts of crops and cattle and everything. Did my first two years of college at Washington state university in animal science, and then decided I wanted to do more being able to help educate people about agriculture, because there is such a disconnect these days um, with people knowing where their food comes from. And so between my sophomore and junior year of college, I transferred to Oklahoma state and finished my ag communications degree there. Uh, While I was in college working at the feed store, I met a boy and then decided to stay in Oklahoma. So I've been in Oklahoma now. uh, This June will mark 17 years since I've been here. So a significant amount of time as far as like my lifetime goes. So I got a job right out of college working at a tech center in marketing and PR And that year, which is 2008, is when like the first big obstacle of my life really happened, aside from, you know, moving away from home and everything I knew and all my friends. Um, But my, he was my fiance at the time, we were building our house and he fell from the roof while we were under construction um, about 14 feet and landed on concrete with his face. So he suffered a traumatic brain injury. He had to be airlifted to the trauma center, which thankfully was in Tulsa, just about an hour away and spent the next, um, 14 days in a coma, 17 days in ICU. And then, uh, upon release had to go to inpatient rehab and then spent the following year learning how to walk, talk, eat, drink everything all over again. Like I said, we were engaged at the time. We we're supposed to be married in November. We actually got married October 30th in the hospital, so that I could get him on my insurance so that he could get the care that he, he needed to continue his recovery. So that was kind of the first big challenge, I guess you could say. I mean, there'd been small things along the way, but that one was, that one was significant. Yeah. That's a doozy. That's a biggie. So 
you worked through that. That was in 2008, you said. Mm-hmm. And then yep, I know that was there in was 2008. I know there was another big challenge for you. So do you want to talk about yes. that? <laughs> sure. Yeah. So um, that was 2008. He had a great recovery. We've got two beautiful kiddos. Then last year, so 2021 was a challenging year to say the least. In August, I found myself suddenly without a job after almost 14 years at the same place. And then decided to start my own business in November, had my first gig right before Christmas. It was actually December 17th. And then the morning of December 20th, woke up to my son um, busting in the bedroom saying, mom, the house is on fire. The house is on fire. And so we, we got everybody out. We, the house was a complete loss. Um, by the time that the fire trucks got here, that's one of the downsides to living in the boonies is it takes, you know, emergency vehicles a while to, to get on location. So we really just had to sit and and watch it burn. Um, I saved my laptop and that was pretty much it. (laughs) Um, but the, the outpouring of support that came after that was absolutely mind blowing. Um, I, I never thought in a million years that the time I'd spent on LinkedIn cultivating relationships and getting to know people, um, really outside of, you know, their, their work persona would have, I don't want to say come in handy. Cause that sounds very, that doesn't sound genuine enough. Um, but the amount of support that my whole family received after the fire from my LinkedIn community and my Facebook community and everybody online was absolutely overwhelming in the best way. So wow. needless to say, everything that I had been doing as far as like building my business kind of came to a screeching halt right before Christmas, just because my number one focus after that was making sure that my, my kids felt safe and loved. And that was really all that mattered at that point. Well, you've been through some major challenges. So I'm going to ask you my next question. So you are referred to as joyful Julie. During these difficulties, how did you remain joyful? So when I was, it, it all goes back to my mom. I've got an amazing mom. And actually today is her birthday. So happy birthday, mom. I remember growing up, one of the things she always told me was, you know, celebrate small victories. It, when I was in 4-H and riding horses, anytime you're training an animal, there, there can be setbacks, but there's always like one good thing that can come or that you can find of any situation. She goes, celebrate small victories. And so when my husband was in the hospital, you know, that was a pretty touch and go for a while. And, you know, we'd, you know, talk to the doctors and everything and we'd have good news and we've had bad news. And so I just always focused on what good news we had and celebrated that no matter how small it was. And that's how it's been, you know, going forward in my life with, you know, dealing with Jimmy's accident and other challenges that really seem trivial now in comparison, um, raising children, you know, celebrate small victories, um, with the house burning down the fact that my son was awake number one and was able to wake us up and get us out of the house before the house filled with smoke. That was a huge victory. Um, the fact that we all got out and my son, he's the one that picked up the phone and called nine one one and talked to the dispatcher. That was a huge victory. Um, the fact that we had so many 
people show up and support us was a huge victory. Like people like drove out here and people that I, I didn't even know, like I knew of them or my husband knew them, but people would show up and like give us envelopes of money. And I was like, I thank you. Like I, it was just mind blowing. And so just keeping a hold of all of those small things that were good helped me deal with all the things that were not so good. Um, we had friends that unfortunately their home had burned down a couple years ago, but they were here that morning saying, all right, here's what you need to do. And kind of walked us through that, that process of what you need to do in like, you know, the first 12 hours or whatever. And so there's, I mean, granted it was a huge negative, but there's so many small things that you can latch onto that were good and holding onto those good things helped me to keep that joy in my life. And I think that's such an important message because I truly believe that joy is something inside of us, something innate, something Mm -hmm. that we can pull from when we're really feeling blue or down, or, you know, we've, we're overcoming challenges and happiness is really gained from our exterior. So when you have that uh, innate ability to be joyful, like joyful, Mm -hmm. Julie, that is yeah. a great place to start from. And I love what you said in relation to holding on to those, those small victories and small victories lend to big victories. So, and yes, and some of the things that you mentioned, like getting out of your house before it filled with smoke, your son having the wherewithal and the knowledge to pick up the phone and call emergency services. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Those are all absolutely. And that's something to be yes. like happy and joyful about. Absolutely. So yes. amazing. The other thing that like brought me joy as well out of that horrible situation is, you know, we're fairly good friends with some of the, the fire, um, like a fire, a local fire chief in our town. And the fire departments go to the schools and talk to the kids about fire safety and what to do in case of a fire and to see how they reacted to my son being able to take the knowledge that they had shared in school a few months prior and that he put into action like they were so proud of him and that made me feel good too that my son paid attention learned something and then applied it yeah Absolutely. And something very important, very important that saved the family's life. So absolutely a huge deal and something to be very proud of. So let's do a bit of a turn. So you lost your job during the pandemic after 14 years. So tell us a bit about this professional background and having so much experience in many different areas, such as marketing, business development, training, farming. I mean, just so much experience. How do you use these transferable skills to support others and help them along in their discovery of their own aha moments? So it's been a challenge, honestly. So in my my previous role, I started in PR and marketing, which was really aligned with what my undergrad degree was because it was a, a science-based communications degree. And so we learned, you know, about writing and design and web and public relations and all that. And so that first role 
really kind of incorporated all of that together. The one thing that was missing was like the ag component because you can take the girl away from the farm, but you can't take the farm out of the girl. <laughs> and so um, it was probably five years in the a guy retired who'd been serving the agriculture community as like a, a consultant. And so I applied for and got his job. So at that point I was working with farmers and ranchers and then absorbed some other duties working with small businesses and entrepreneurs. And so I kind of pivoted and learned as much as I could on the fly about, you know, business development, a little bit of accounting, a little bit of, you know, business planning, just enough to like stay ahead of my clients and seem really smart in their eyes, even though on the inside, I was like, I have no idea what I'm talking about. And then it, everything as far as like business related, kind of all intertwined, whether it was you know, related to agriculture or not. And so one of the other things I did in that role was doing training and how it got started was a coworker of mine was hosting this kind of leadership workshop and was like, Hey, would you like to be a part of this? And I was like, sure. I like to challenge myself and do things that I haven't done before. And so I read a book by one of the authors that was speaking at the event. And then he and I each created like a, an hour training session that would supplement what the speaker talked about in the morning. And from that moment on, I was hooked because it was taking something that I had read and formulating it into a way to share with others to help them connect the dots. And it was Dan Pink's book called When Scientific Secrets of Perfect Timing. And in the book, he talks about our different chronotypes. And so there's larks, owls, and third birds which you can probably guess larks and owls, morning people versus night people. Mm -hmm. And then third birds are kind of the, the in-between. And my whole life, I'd been a night owl. And I didn't really understand why. I just knew that that's when the good things happen. That's when like the ideas would start flowing. And um, when I was in grad school, I'd put my son to bed. And then from like eight to midnight, that was my work time. And like I got so much work done. And I'm so now looking back, I'm so thankful that I am a night owl because that's my, my peak period of doing good work is in the evenings. And so I, I love sharing this information with people and seeing them connect the dots like, oh, so that's why I am the way I am. And helping people realize that, you know, it's, it's who you are as a person, not just in your professional life. Um, one of the funniest comments I ever got at a training was a lady came up to me and she was like, I finally know why my husband and I fight so much on weekends. And I was like, okay, can you tell me more? And she said, well, you were talking about, you know, on your weekends, structure your day to fit your chronotype. And she said, I'm a morning person. I'm a lark. So I want to get up. I want to get out the door and get rolling. And my husband, he's very much an owl. And so he wants to start the day slow. And then about the time I'm ready to crash is when he's ready to get up and go. And so she said, now that I have this knowledge that that's how we are ingrained inside, we can have those conversations and plan ahead so that we can have better weekends. And I thought, you know, that's amazing because we work so that we can live our lives and being able to apply that knowledge, not only to your work life, but also your personal life to get more out of it is huge. And so I tell people in the trainings, like, don't waste your best time of day doing laundry or washing dishes, like save that for the trough period of the day when it's not good for anything. Mm -hmm. And so I think it gives people the, the power to choose their activities 
and when they do them accordingly to get the most out of life. And it's that way at home and at work. And it can be really impactful when you learn to embrace those things. Oh, absolutely. I love so many things that you've said here. This book sounds really interesting. I am also a night owl. So I know Mm -hmm. my best hours. I also know my circadian rhythm. So I know Mm -hmm. how my body just its cycle, its process. My husband, Mm -hmm. however, is an early bird. And so we know that about each other. So it works out really Mm -hmm. well because he gets up early with the dogs, feeds them, picks them out. I do the night duty. And when you know this, and you are in partnership, be it your, your, your intimate partner or business partner, when you know your common values, when you know your values that may not align as much, it gives you better insight about how you're going to work with people, the people that you're targeting demographic wise. It, I mean, mm-hmm. just the insight of all these variables as to how we function as humans is so insightful Mm -hmm. and things that we can apply, not just in our work life, but our, our daily living. And that Mm -hmm. is so important. And so I love what you said here. So I want to jump into and kind of uh, divert a little bit into your passions. You've got so much on your plate in relation to, let me take a step back here first. Are you in your house yet? Are you back in your house? Yeah, we're in transition. So our house was a a total loss. And I'm talking to you now from a fifth wheel camper that some friends of ours brought out to us that it is serving as my office. We are living with my husband's brother, wife, and kids. So there's 10 of us in one household right now, but we are making it work um, and in the process of, of building a new house. So we are very much in transition right now. Wow. That's amazing. And when do you expect to be in your house again? Hopefully by January is a a very um, optimistic hope for a timeline with new construction, especially the way the construction world is right now. Mm. Um, But we're just as soon as we possibly can. Gotcha. Okay. And during this transition, you're still working on your business. Is that correct? Yes. I'm still working on my business. Gotcha. And now how are you reaching people? How are you making those connections? Is it through the amazing Mm -hmm. LinkedIn? Because LinkedIn is really an amazing platform. It it really is. Um, I am using it. It's one of the things I was, I had a, a live interview last night with a friend of mine who does LinkedIn branding. And I, I don't talk about what I do professionally on LinkedIn nearly enough. So thus far, the, the work that I've done and the jobs that I've gotten have all been through word of mouth. I have an amazing network um, of trainers, ladies that we all do similar type of work and we're spread out across Oklahoma. And so I've got some amazing referrals from them for some jobs. Um, A guy that I went through a leadership class last year, he just became my first like monthly client to do training for his team. Um, so, so far it's been personal interactions and word of mouth, but definitely ramping up my efforts on LinkedIn to spread the word more because my training thus far has been in person, but it can very much be virtual as well. So, and with LinkedIn, you know, the world is my audience. Yeah, 
Absolutely. So I'm going to take a direction back to the question that I was going to ask okay. before I took that step back. But how do you find time for yourself with all that's going on? It's so important for our own mental and physical well-being to find space and time for mm-hmm. yourself. How do you do that, Julie? It's tough. It is really tough. And actually last week I was visiting with my my business coach and sharing with him about how I just feel like I'm beating my head against the wall and struggling. Like I get down to the camper in the morning and I I try and work and it's like, I just struggle to accomplish anything. And he asked me the same thing. He's like, how are you taking care of you? And I'm like, I'm, I'm not like, I I've got all these things to do and this to do and these deadlines. And I just, I don't. And he goes, what is one thing that would make you like happy that would fill your bucket and make you feel good about life? And without hesitation, I said, riding my horse. And he was like, then go ride your freaking horse. And I was like, I can do that. And he goes, Julie, you work for yourself. Like you create your own schedule. Like if your morning time isn't your good time, then fill that with something that does make you happy and fills your bucket and will get your creative juices flowing. He goes, you have the power to do that. And I was like, I guess I do. He's like, I'm giving you permission. Like you don't need permission, but I'm giving you permission to do that. And, um, so that was on Wednesday. So Thursday and Friday, that's what I did. First thing in the morning, I got up, I got dressed, I got on my horse and we went for a ride and it was absolutely amazing because when I am on horseback, it's like nothing else matters. It's just me and the horse and my dogs and nature and peace and quiet. And then I get back here and I get changed and I'm like, huh, like I'm relaxed and I can actually focus and do work. And so that's, that's been my, what I'm transitioning to now is spending my mornings doing things that fill my bucket as opposed to doing things that I feel like I have to do. And I'm using finger quotes here, what I have to do. Um, Cause that's one of the other things I'd said, you know, I should be doing this or I should be doing that. And he goes, according to who I'm like, well, according to me and he goes, well, let it go. And so that's that having that mindset shift has been really challenging for me because like you said, there is a lot going on with the business and my kids and the ranch and dealing with insurance and building the house and blah, blah, blah. But if I don't take care of myself, I'm just an angry beast. And I don't, I don't like to be that angry beast. It's really hard for that joyful Julie to come through when I'm just stressed out and mad about everything. And so taking that time to do something that does fill my bucket has been huge on, on Monday, it was cleaning the camper and rearranging my workspace. And it was like, huh, I feel so much lighter now and I can do work. So that's, that's my new routine now is the morning couple hours is taking care of me before I jump into work. And that is so important. We use these words, Julie, like we should, or Mm -hmm. we need, and Mm -hmm. that maps our brains. We create brain maps is what I call them. Right. And Mm -hmm. our brain tends to go back to those common words and phrases that we use and ideas and thoughts that we are constantly thinking. We have the opportunity and the ability to change those. And that Mm -hmm. is exactly what you're doing. And I love hearing that because we don't need permission. And many times, especially women, we feel, even if it's subconscious, we feel a sense of guilt. We Mm -hmm. feel a sense of priority being others 
the business, the this, the that. And we forget that the priority is us. We have to be able to fill our cup or our bucket Mm -hmm. to be able to do the rest of the stuff. Otherwise we are functioning off of fumes. Yes. And that just doesn't work. That only lasts for so long and becomes really toxic, right? So you're filling your body with fumes and you're like, oh my gosh, I can only do this for so long. So yes, exactly. <laughs> and exactly. and I love that, you know, for me, it's travel. For me, getting out on the road in a car or whatever, opening in those windows, listening to some music, a weekend trip, a weekend drive. It's that, that's what it is for me. And for you, it's the horse and that, mm-hmm. that ability to be free, just yourself and just experience what's around you, that bluebird sky, that, you yeah. know, just the beauty of it all. And absolutely. So awesome. So thank you for sharing that. Now we've covered so much ground here in regards to your challenges, overcoming those challenges, your resiliency, why you're joyful, how you pick up on that joy and how you retain that joy and what you're doing for yourself and the transitions that you're making in your life. My last question for you is Julie, if you were to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom, what would they be? I'd say the same advice that my mom told me is celebrate small victories. Also as, as a parent, of course, pick your battles and that goes into, you know, <laughs> parent life and, and business as well. You got to pick your hill that you're going to die on, but absolutely celebrate small victories because if you can find those little positives, it can get you through the hard things in life, no matter, no matter what they are. So celebrate those small victories. Well, thank you so much, Julie, for joining me on the Core Women podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. For those of you out there listening, you can connect and follow Julie Griffin on LinkedIn. Thank you for joining us on the Core Women podcast with Dr. Summer Watson. We're so glad you're here and would love to connect more with you. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Core Women and on Twitter at Core Women One. For more about Core Women and Dr. Watson, visit corewomen.com. Want more support and resources for amazing women like you? Great! Join Dr. Watson and Jen Fontanilla at the Life, Love & Money Collective, a Core Women production that aids in understanding the key traits that might be getting in the way of living a life that you are absolutely passionate about. Connect with Summer and Jen and find out more at thelifeloveandmoney.com.